Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of First Issue Club, an interview edition. We are very excited to have our guest today. You may know some of his work from Marvel and DC. He's done uh, independent work on Boom and Image. Today we're going to talk to him about his new book coming out, God Killers, on Aftershock. We are very, very excited to have him on the show. Mark Sable, how you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We are very excited to talk to you about your work and your new book coming out today, God Killer, or not today, this week, God Killers. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. You scared me for a second, and I said, oh boy, I should have picked up my own album at the store today. And <laughs> thankfully, I didn't miss it. Sorry, I get a little excited when I talk to creators. It's such a unique uh, position that we're in with this show. We get to talk to people that are in the industry, who we admire, and you're obviously someone that we uh, admire and want to be on the show, so uh, I'm a little flustered, so <laughs> bear with me. Uh, so Mark, Mark, I'll are, get more flustered, so it makes <laughs> it feel better. Perfect. Uh, Mark, are you you're you're in LA right now? Is that? Cool? I am. I'm originally from New York. Uh, I live in LA now. I, I still, even though I've been in LA like uh, like 17 or something years, I still think of myself as a New Yorker. I don't know if that ever changes, but uh, although I like it here, yeah. So yes, I'm in LA. I yes, I saw you tweeting about the Knicks, so I was like, we uh, <laughs> there's two Knicks fans on this podcast as well. So <laughs> no, really, <laughs> yes. I, I'm originally from New Jersey, but so well, I was. First I, of all, I'm so sorry. Oh, like, I know, right? I, I like, like, I'm, I'm both excited and I'm like, oh, like nobody should have to like share that misery. <laughs> we don't hold it against them. Yeah, it, it was only worse being a Chiefs fan, and that came around for us. I just guess to set this up, um, it's going to be Greg and, and Budget King on the interview today. We as a club had been kind of just staying with Aftershock and, and especially like and, and a lot of independent publishers and just kind of seeing like what new books are bubbling up and looking awesome. And God Killers got on our radar. And so um, that was that was awesome. And we kind of just reached out to Mark and Mark was like, yeah, I'm down to do an interview to, to set this up. And this book hasn't even come out yet. And But we read it. You obviously wrote it. So we're here to talk about it. And we're pumped about it can you for those I, I guess just to kind of give a setup about the book can you in your own words mark like tell us like what is god killers so uh the idea is that the high concept is it's a you know united states special forces team that fights insurgents who use mythical creatures as uh weapons of mass destruction like supernatural weapons of mass destruction so that's sort of the big overall concept and then I think what hopefully makes it unique from a character perspective is that the main character is an Arab American who uh, is in the Army Reserves. Uh, he's, his day job is, when he's not fighting, is he's a, he's a folklorist. And even though he's an Arab American, he's raised Muslim, he has all these doubts about his faith. And so when he gets recruited, because, you know, a, a large portion of insurgencies have to do with Islamic extremism. Um, you know, he gets recruited. It's sort of like, oh, imagine you're you're an atheist and you're like, okay, I'm okay with this worldview. Um, but he also has this fear of death that's related to it. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, you think there's just oblivion. And then, okay, the good news is there's like the supernatural is real, but the bad news is, you know, all he sees of it at least at first are the the negative things, like these monsters. What you know, and I. I'm trying not to say all the names of the monsters because they kind of might be spoilery. But <laughs> don't I spoil think, anything. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, but I think like there's some unique stuff. The first issue takes place in the Philippines. Um, but if you've played like Dungeons and Dragons, you might know what the monster is. That'll be a hint. Um, there's <laughs> some stuff that are more traditional uh, from the Islamic world, like, like, uh, I, I didn't even want to say it that, you know, like if you've read Arabian Nights, you might know. And then later on, it, uh, I don't think there's too much of a spoiler that we get into some Russian stuff and like it, it uses the supernatural stuff to kind of explore the war on terror, but it's hopefully just a fun book and not like, I'm not trying to, I don't have a particularly political <laughs> agenda other than just, Hey, this is really crazy stuff that's going on in the world right now. You know, if you're interested in it more, you can, you can read more about it. You described it as Hellboy meets Zero Dark Thirty, and I thought that was like just the most brilliant um, description of this book I've ever heard. It sounds like these monsters are going to be like kind of regional specific, which like kind of gets me more excited that they're like just going to be globe trotting around, taking care of these just kind of like you said these monstrous weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, I think, and that's part of what it, what appealed to me about doing this is so I had done a book, probably my last like big published book um, prior to last year 
was a book I did called Graveyard of Empires, with, uh, which is basically um, with, with Paul Azaceta, who's a tremendous artist and mm-hmm. one of my best friends, uh, who does Outcast now, and then uh, Matt Wilson, the amazing Eisner winning colorist. Um, that book was basically Marines versus Taliban in Afghanistan. And I consider this book almost like a spiritual sequel. I mean, there's, the story is in no way connected, but I think that's one of the things that excited me about this book was like, I, I just am, uh, and we can talk about like, I, I do work with the military, but I'm also just very interested in conflict. You know, I, so I just read about it, like all these regional conflicts that like, again, like there was this huge insurgency in the Philippines where this city, which you see in the first issue, the city named Marawi uh, becomes under siege by this like Al Qaeda, affili- uh, sorry, ISIS affiliate. I, you know, I consider myself super well read, but until maybe a year, year and a half ago, I had never heard of it. I felt like, on the one hand, like, oh, this is a chance to explore all those things, but then it's also like, oh, like, the folklore of these countries is interesting too. And I like the idea, like, I guess it's a question you didn't ask, but, and, and you probably would, but it's like, oh, well, where did the idea come from? Was like, this probably goes back to Iraq or maybe even before that. There was this, um, there's this army, uh, I want to say a colonel or a general, I think he was a general, who got in trouble because he was like, uh, and rightly so, but he was like interviewing an Al Qaeda. Or, or insurgent suspect, he said, uh, you know, you know why we're going to win this, this war? This is an American general. And he's like, because our God's bigger than your God. Um, <laughs> and this was like a really religious Christian thing. And, you know, it's bad enough to like, actually, you know, you shouldn't, it's probably not a good interrogation technique um, and, you know, maybe a crime or whatever. But, <laughs> um, but he went around bragging about it. I'm forgetting blanking on his name, which is probably good anyway. I don't think he needs a publicity. But I always thought in my head, I was like, oh, well, like, how cool would that scene have been if like the guy said, no, my God is bigger. And then like, you know, a gin appeared or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and I thought about that and I thought about just like, oh, the idea that like, you know, we go into all these countries and it's like a metaphor, like hopefully again, like you said, it's a fun book. And like, I, the monsters are exciting. And Mon House, who's the artist, has just did killer designs for them. Yet, like, I feel like it's just, it's a, the, the fact that we don't know about the folklore as kind of, of these monsters. And so we need to have this, Arab American as an expert and, and some other people who have other different ethnic and religious backgrounds, like, is this metaphor for like, just like how little we know of all these cultures that we're sending troops into. So it's a very long winded answer. That was great. I, I want to go into that a little, I definitely want to come back to the military stuff. Um, so we're going to put a pin into that, but since you went there, one thing that I was talking about, Greg, w- about this book were, was that, it ends how a first issue should end. Like it, it nailed it um, and totally like leads you into like, oh yeah, I have to be getting issue two. And then you do these like profiles of all of, or a handful of the characters, which candidly sometimes I feel like authors will kind of just use to just like write all the shit that they couldn't fit into comic book form. But for me, this totally worked. It like fleshed out all these characters that you just met. And one thing that you do, which I loved and started looking for, was you explain where they're at in their spirituality. And in some ways, they were recruited because of their different spiritual beliefs. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and I'm glad you like that. And I have to give credit where it's due because... So Aftershock has basically... I think they've asked a number of creators on, like, for the first and second issues, like, oh, would you... They, and they came to me and they were like, would you mind doing some back matter? And I think they, they, came, they originally came to me with the idea of, like, oh, doing kind of a monster manual thing. But I was like, oh, the monsters are kind of like, the issues are structured where a lot of times you're surprised at like who the monster is at the end of the issue. I think that's kind of how it works for issue one. So I didn't want to do that, but I also knew like I had this huge cast and it gave me some space to explore the characters that, I mean, I try my best to give everybody, you know, good amounts of time in the book, but I was happy. I was happy to do that, um, and so hopefully it adds something. I also tried to write it in the form of like, it's a memo from like a national security advisor to an unnamed president. But there's like a voice to it, which is kind of like, and you also delete words, comes across, like like uh, which yeah, we, so we would I, see in public yeah, documents. Yeah. So it was redacted. I mean, I literally went online and I le- like looked at um, national security me- me- like memos that were or, you know, declassified and I sent them like into the designer to be like, oh, can you make it look like this? And I try to format it like that. But to have a voice where it's it's all written by one of the one of the characters to the president and that character has his own biases, but is also trying and his own agenda, but is also trying to please the president. So hopefully 
it makes for more than like it was definitely inspired by like i'll be honest like the gi joe file cards i was you know yeah. huge oh, GI hell joe yeah. Fan yeah as a kid but i wanted it to have a and, and you know those were all written by um oh my god i'm i'm blanking on his name and it's terrible the, the great larry hama um you know who's just just you know was an inspiration to me like uh, as a creator he actually wrote all this but i wanted anyway i wanted them to read this like not like an information dump but to like a little bit Easter eggy, but also to just feel like it's telling its own, its own story that you can, I never want people to feel like they have to read back matter like that because although I enjoy it, there are sometimes like I've been rereading Alan Moore's like Neonomicon and at, like, mm-hmm. I've already read it. I don't feel like, even though it's really brilliantly written stuff, like I don't, sometimes I just don't feel like reading through the journal. I just want to like skip and see more art in the next issue. So I want people to feel like they don't have to read it, but it's like a nice extra thing. You have a gift of writing heady stuff in a non-pretentious way. Like uh, that's that's why I felt reading this is I was like, "Whoa, Thank I'm you. getting hit with a lot." Uh, I mean, your your level of research is is insane. Um and we've seen that in a lot of your other work, but like it's also very easy to just like jump into like this is war, this is a horror book. It's it's a it's a beautiful way that you have. Um Thank l- you so much. Yeah. It it let me get back to something though. So th- this is Super fascinating to me. So, uh, explain what you do with the Atlantic Council and and what that what the Art of Future Warfare project is. Okay, so I'll back up to 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 explain this weird way of how my like life has imitated art has imitated life. So, I did a book back. I want to say it was two thousand and nine called Unthinkable for Boom, which uh, was about it was basically it was based on this real thing where there was this after nine eleven where I I lived in New York during 9-11. First of all, people were saying when it happened, we were all thinking like, this is, this feels unreal. I mean, it's literally unthinkable. Like, and, but people were saying like, this is something out of a Tom Clancy novel or a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. And the Department of Defense took that really seriously and started a think tank made up of screenwriters, novelists. So like the guy who created 24 was part of it. I believe I want to say, uh, I know like Brad Thor was, but, um, Oh man, there's a Brad Meltzer, I think was part of it. There may have been more than one think tank, but anyway, so my idea and their idea was like, come up with worst case terror scenarios before the terrorists do. So maybe we can come up with ways to stop them. Like think out of the box basically. So the, the premise of unthinkable was, well, what if like these writers came and these worst case scenarios started coming true? And it becomes this idea of this guy who's trying to, a writer who joins this fictional think tank who is now trying to stop these terrorist things, but he's a writer. He's not a, you know, he's not an action hero. So that basically somehow got the attention of there's the Atlantic council is this nonpartisan, uh, think tank that deals with conflict, diplomacy, all this kind of interesting stuff there in DC. Um, uh, I got in touch with a, a writer there who works for them, uh, named August Cole, uh, who wrote a book called Ghost Fleet, which is this basically like a novel about World War Three. Like, what if essentially like sort of if the Chinese had a did did like this digital Pearl Harbor? Anyway, he read like he's like, oh, this unthinkable stuff. Like, that's really interesting. And did an interview with me, and I liked his book. And as part of this think tank, as part of the Atlantic Council, they have this thing called the Art of Future Warfare, which the idea is basically to take people who are in the arts, so you know. It could be writers, it could be artists, directors, video game uh, designers. So, like the call, one of the Call of Duty people was involved in this, and to you know to think of to help to help partner them with the government, which can mean the military, it can mean the intelligence community, or just policymakers in general, and also people in science and business, and like help envision what the future of conflict might look like. So. You know, so you became your character. Do, yeah, so it's the strangest thing, and it's been actually one of the greatest things that has happened to me in my life. Like, um, just because um, the like, it, first of all, I mean, I have such huge imposter syndrome. I, I'm slowly getting over it. Where like, you know, I'll be in a room with somebody, and they're like, "This person's an Navy SEAL. This person's an astronaut. This person, like, you know, is a nuclear submarine. <laughs> you know, like, you know, commanded one." And and. But what I like about it is that it's like, so you would think, okay, these are all going to be just these really right wing, like, like, you know, hawkish people. And there's really a, a really good diversity of like, 
I mean, politics very sort of rarely comes up. Like, it's a, just a really good diversity of thought and also of just, like, they, they try their best to get, you know, have it just be racially and, and gender and all that kind of diverse, too. And I think that's important because, you know, when you think of, like, one of the first things I heard that really struck with me was, like, okay, you know, yes, a lot of it is, like, thinking about drones and robots and, like, nanotech and things like that. But it's, like, okay, like, one of the biggest factors in determining, like, how stable a country is, is, like, whether women are educated. So um, mm -hmm. it may not, you know, like, and it's just like, you know, like, you look at Afghanistan, and that's one of the things that had held that country back for a long time. It's one of the good things that we've done there. It makes, makes the, like, if we're going to get out question very complicated. I know we had a science fiction author, Madeline Ashby, who I've worked with, um, who's just been great at, like, also just like being like, hey, my, her work is about thinking about the other and like adding that stuff into it. So it's not just a bunch of like, you know, white dude military fanboys, you know, like who are just being like, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if you did this to kill people? Like it's, <laughs> it's just been really, and, and everybody's just been really smart and really open to, to ideas. And so I've written some short stories for them, like pro short stories. I've taught, like I've gotten to go to uh, Air Force, the Air Force's like, graduate school, the Air University. Uh, I just taught in the fall, like, uh, like a short class uh, at uh, Quantico, the Marine Corps headquarters. And I've been working with them to do a, vo uh, they published one and they're doing another, like a graphic novel that's like future stories that are written and drawn all by people in the Marine Corps. And it's just, that's just the really fun thing for me because as much as I like to write, I've just been so impressed by the, by the talent of those people. Like, yeah. and it's like, you know, their day jobs are really hard, you know, like, like, yeah. it's not like they're just, you know, okay. I mean, not like, look, not that, you know, there, there, there's bad day jobs. It's just like, okay, like their day jobs are life and death. And it's like, right. oh, that they can take the time and that they're really thinking about serious things that it just was, it's just very inspiring to me. And it's influenced my work. Like I've gotten to, you know, I, can reach out to people for research that I never thought I'd be able to talk to. And it's just been, been, been really fun. It's great. I mean, it, yeah, it definitely shows. I, it, I would ask what your research process is, but it just seems like you kind of explained it in some ways. It's like, do you, you dip into a lot of military things though. Do you, besides this work, is that, do you have any military background or is that, is that something that happened that you have in your history besides the current? No, no. And I think, you know, it's interesting because I think that's part of, in some way, what drives me is I think having, having lived in New York during 9-11 and having never served, you know, and this is, you know, we were told after 9-11, like, I think it was this great moment where, where we could have been asked to, like, sacrifice. Like, it was one of those few moments in my lifetime that I feel like, oh, everybody felt like, you know, we're all in this together. And right, yeah. We kind of weren't. Um, and, you know, knowing military people, it's like, you know, we have this great all volunteer military. I respect them so much. And, but besides them and their families, like it's such a small percentage of people who sacrifice. And I think I feel like this kind of, um, you know, guilt about it. Like it's a weird, like survivor's guilt or something. Um, I mean, I have an interest in it in any way, but I feel it's one of those things that makes me feel compelled to like tell, tell those kinds of stories again, which is why like, okay, I'm, I'm happy helping the Marine Corps tell their story. So it's not just me like using them for, for research. No, that's, that, that's good. I mean, that, that's all the better writer that you are. I'm interested in this term. I, I've seen some profiles or bios of you that you identify as a futurist. Um, I think that's a super interesting idea of somebody that at least believes in this idea of like the, that there is positive outcomes that could happen in the future, whether it be through technology and that we're not all just like doomed by social media and stuff or however somebody would describe a futurist. Like, what does that mean to you if you do identify with that? I, I've, it's something that I've just started to identify because I didn't know how to best say, like, if I said like consultant, right? Like, First of all, it's kind of boring, but it's also, it doesn't really describe the breadth of what I do. And I felt like that that's the connective tissue because it's not all military stuff that I'm consulting with. Like I, you know, went to, there's the Institute for, it was human machine cognition in Pensacola, Florida. Like, and I, you know, did some think tank work with them and like, um, and also Airbus, which is this like European manufacturer. And so the, the, the connecting thread 
even though God Killers is maybe not the best example of it in terms of, because it's not science fiction, but the connecting thread, I think, generally is like, it's all this like speculative stuff. So I don't claim to have any expertise in terms of like um, predicting stuff, but I do feel like, you know, I, but I think, you know, the, the idea is like, is not to, to, to try to like, I'm not trying to be a, like a, a weatherman, like and predict the future, but really to just like help people think more creatively about the future. Cause that's something I do know how to do. And I'm just fascinated by, and, you know, sometimes like there, there's, there's plenty of things to be scared about. Um, but I also think there's, there, there are wonderful, you know, I mean, look, technology has always, it's always been something that's been used for like, you know, good and evil. I think it's in itself, it's neutral. It's like, it's like how we use it. But so, I mean, I think the, the last like major book that I had come out was this book called the dark that I did with Christian Donaldson at comiXology originals, um, which is about like, uh, which was very directly inspired by that kind of work where it was about what happens if there is a, it like takes no, place no, like no technology. Is that right? Like, yeah, it's sort of. So it was like the, the, there's a cyber attack, the grid, not only does the internet go down, but the grid goes down. So the world is rebuilding and people are shifting now from like, but from Silicon based technology, like computers to biotechnology. Um, and so, and then like within that world, there's a story and it was like, a lot of it came from just, you know, that kind of thinking. And I, I enjoy that doing that kind of thinking, whether it's for writing, which is my, has been, and always will be my, my first love. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, but at the same time, I, I, I enjoy having that back and forth with, with, you know, these people that I do the think tank work with, whether it's military people, whether it's, you know, people in intelligence or scientists or just other, or other creative people and, and, and seeing how they think. Um, so it's been fun and it's been a way of like, I don't know, just combining all the things that I'm, that I'm interested in and making me also feel that like, I don't know, writing is such a solitary profession and it can feel, it can sometimes feel a little bit selfish maybe that like, I'm not saying like, look, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like feeding the poor or like, you know, donating blood or something, but it does feel in some way like giving back, which feels nice. Um, separately, and if this doesn't work, then we'll just cut it out. But um, one thing that this book reminded me of, your comic book, was there was a 2016 movie called Under the Shadow, um, which I don't know if you are familiar with or not. I am uh, not. Okay, it's a. It's a but I'm interested in hearing about it. Well, it's it's a military. Or sorry, it's not a. It's a wartime movie that happens, and um, so there's a family that's just living in an apartment, but then um, they summon a jinn of sorts and it like haunts them or haunts the like apartment and it becomes about like a ghost in, in the house although it's a wartime movie of sorts and what it reminded me or what it really like hit home for me is like the reverence of spirituality and folklore in a time of war um and how those like things come together and like make you appreciate that and i didn't know if that's like how you got there to like the spirituality and folklore in a time of war or or i'm curious how you did arrive at that cross the road yeah that's it's really interesting to me i don't think that's how i got there i have to think back because it's always you know i think sometimes like as you go forward it's easier to forget how you got there and also like i think i sometimes rewrite the story of how i got there in my own head but i think a lot of it came from just personally the thought of like my own fears of like you know the the, the main character although like i'm a jewish american and he's an arab american like I think at the core, like, I feel like he's very much part of me, which is like this idea that like, okay, like I'm really fascinated by the supernatural, but I'm not really a believer. But at the same time, if you tell me a ghost story, I will, I will not sleep tonight. <laughs> like, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I that. think that's part of that. That is part of where it came from. But it's also like, you know, I also felt like, oh, here's this reservoir of untapped. Like, yes, we've zombies have been done to death and I'm part of it. Right. Like, you know, I've been part of that. And mm -hmm. like, you know, certain other like folklore has come, but like, here's all this, you know, there's all this stuff that I don't, that like I was interested in learn in learning about. Um, I think, you know, it probably came more from thinking about like, okay, like there's a, there's a podcast I listened to called popular front, which is the, these conflict, this conflict journalist who interviews other conflict journalists. And so a lot of it came from like hearing about these, like I said, like the insurgency in the Philippines, like, stuff going on in Syria that I didn't know about and 
and Ukraine and some other places and thinking, okay, like, well, yeah, I, I want to have this globe trotting band and like, where are places that I can take them that will be new and interesting to the reader as well as myself. And it's like, yes, there's the, the, the surface conflict. And then there's like these, yeah, there, the, then there's always this folklore stuff. And there's like, you know, it's interesting. Cause I think there's, there's, there's so much, so much unique stuff. Like, you know, I mean, I have, I hope we get to do another arc cause I have ideas for, for like plenty of other countries and things to take it, take the story. But, um, even though we get a round of fair bit in this and it's, there's a lot of differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. And I think there's something, even though they're, they're like, you know, these are monsters, but it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, every, every culture like has some version of like a vampire in some way. Right. Like, and they have their unique spin on it. And I think you could look at that negatively and say like, well, okay, we all have the same fears, but I'm also, also like, well, that's, is something we have in common. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that's the thing I've, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel a fair amount. I mean, I haven't, I've been to the Middle East only a little bit. Um, I, I haven't been to the Philippines, although I have a lot of family there, but it's, you know, I think the thing you learn when you do travel is like, you get to talk to people one-on-one, they're almost always, you know, just great, no matter how different you think your culture, your politics or everything is. And especially I'd say in the Middle East, having been there, like, man, they're, they're just like the people in that region are, are among the most hospitable in the world, like really have made me feel at home. Like I'll just to give you an example, like I, so the last time I was in the Middle East was uh, Dubai has it. There's a Comic-Con in Dubai um, called the Middle East Film and Comic-Con, which I went to twice. Um, first time was great. The second time I was there, I was partnering with, local people in the United Arab Emirates to do like basically the first comic that had ever been published there, or at least I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So I was working with, uh, Arabs like Emiratis there. And then we had an Italian artist is really international team. But so I get there and like, I had a day to kill before the convention started. Like I got in a little earlier than everybody else. And I had heard the year, the last year that I went, people went on this like desert safari that I didn't get to go on. So I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And so I go and like, I was, uh, I was on, and I went on an ATV for the first and last time in my life, um, <laughs> and I got thrown <laughs> off of it, and I shattered my right humerus. Oh my um, gosh! So I, you know, I had to be like, fl- like, get out of the desert first because I wasn't even in the city at this point. Like back, and then flown back to the states. But um, having been there just once, the people that I had met, like one who was a convention organizer. Uh, another who was a comic creator, um, like I'd only met these people once and they came like from whatever they were doing, rushed to the hospital and stayed with me. Oh wow. And it really made this tremendous impact. And in fact, so I had one of them, this, uh, uh, artist whose name is Leilani Coughlin. She's a Filipino a citizen of the, well, I don't know if she's a citizen of the U.S. She's a Filipino in, of like English Filipino, but, uh, who's a Muslim um, she was one of the two sensitivity readers I had this because I knew like not, mm-hmm. I knew, you know, not being a Muslim as much research or, or an Arab, like as much research as I can, as I can do, like there's always something I'm going to miss or, you know, there may be some cultural taboo I'm aware of. And, you know, look, even with that happening, even with sensitivity readers, you know, the Muslim world, um, the Arab world is, is huge. Um, uh, like I can very easily make a mistake, but right. I at least wanted to you know, do my due diligence in the same way, like, yeah, you want to, like, get military stuff right. I mean, all that said, like, I don't, it's, you know, I, while I try as much as I can for accuracy with the military stuff, if it's a choice between the story being interesting and being like, somebody's got to use the wrong kind of gun, like, <laughs> I'm going to make the story more fun. <laughs> yeah. But I do care because I do know that there are people that care and I'm sure that I've gotten things wrong. You know, like, I'm sure that I've gotten things wrong and that people will, will tell me, but... Well, like in stuff with that, like that, I think you'll agree. It's it's good to get vetted so you don't, you know, offend people because you're telling a a great, amazing story here, and it would, it'd be a bummer to upset some people by the littlest thing. Yeah, I I mean, it's look, it's also, it's hard. I think you know, I think even well-meaning people, it's like the the climate of discussion around things can can get. I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining like I'm being censored or something at all. Right you know, I think it's great 
like I there there needs to be more points of view and and like people like me need to listen but it's just like you know but it it is it is hard like I I and it's something I I mean I I worry about a tremendous amount is like I really don't you know and I and I you know and I do because I do know for people like you know when you're not represented a lot like and then you see yourself represented Mm -hmm. like it it's gonna it's gonna mean a lot so I can only try my best and like you know and just hope you know, listen as much as I can and, 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 and hope it works. Yeah. Well, I think, I think in God Killers, you, you, you nailed a very, um, genuine and relatable story. I, I want to move on a little bit to, uh, Mark Sable, the person, um, and things that, that make you tick and all of that kind of (laughs) stuff. Uh, you, um, you've, you've had, you've had your time writing for the big two a little bit with, um, Two-Face, Spider-Man, Supergirl, things like that. I'm wondering, like, what books as a kid inspired you or got you into comics? Um, and maybe it was superhero stuff or maybe it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. So, I mean, like the two books I remember start getting a, like doing the monthly thing. And in fact, I remember actually back when Marvel used to do their, like you could actually, you could cut out like a thing and actually like get a physical subscription where Marvel itself would, you know, would mail you the book. So, G.I. Joe was probably the first book I started reading regularly, so that you can see that, obviously. And then X-Men, which I started reading from, I want to say, issue 200. You know, I'm still reading it, and I mean, nice. I went back and I got the back issues. So, um, I mean, there's plenty of, that, 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 like, that's the early stuff. And then, of course, like, you know, later you discover Dark Knight and Watchmen, which I'm sure everybody says, and Sandman. And, but, but it's true. I mean, I think, you know, those are, those are all, you know, those are, those are all influences on me. But those were, like, the two earliest ones where, I mean, I'd read comics before that, and I remember I think an Avengers issue was my first comic. But like, those were the two books that really got me like, okay, I need to know what happens, ne- you know, next month. Then like, I can't miss an issue. And you know that I've been lucky that like that 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 bug has stayed with me. Um, and you know, even luckier that like I, I've gotten to to write, um, you know, to write comics in general and those characters. I mean, that the other funny, I guess the funny thing is like to give you an idea of how much of a comics fan I was or, or how much of a nerd I was, however you want to put it. So the theme <laughs> of my correct. bar mitzvah, the theme of my bar mitzvah was, uh, Marvel comics. So, yes, um, so you know, there were these big, like cardboard cutouts of like, can you, you tell, know, can you tell us what year, what year this was just to paint a picture? So, yeah, I mean, oh man, it'll date me. But, um, so I want to say, okay, I have to do the math. I was like, this is 1988. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, it was it was interesting because it was all the like that's the, the that's Marvel the OG character Marvel. was trying new yeah but it was like Marvel was at the time like trying like let's give Thor a beard let's uh, Spider Man's in the black costume <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like Captain America was still Captain America but he's about to become U S agent um, so but I had so for me like we had a caricaturist which was really awesome and actually the more I think about it like it was really so wonderful of my parents to like indulge this and not just hide me away but um had, and so then. The caricatures we gave out these T-shirts that said, "I had a Marvel and Marvel in all caps." <laughs> oh my Marvelous god, that sounds so Mark's awesome! But wait, wait, wait—it gets better because so, and on the shirt is a picture of me as a you know thirteen-year-old like <laughs> scrawny kid with 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 you know thick glasses, um, but wearing Iron Man's Silver Centurion armor, but holding the helmet. So just so you can see my glasses, <laughs> of right? course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess they're maybe they're collector's items now. Um, <laughs> I it's would funny, say so. but it's one of the wonderful things is like, you know, like it was it was not cool to be into comics then. And it's been nice to see like that, like, oh, like and just even in the time I've been in comics. So I think Grounded, my first book came out in 2005, like not about it being cool so much, but just to see like, oh, how much society is accepting of like of so many things. But one of them being just like, you know, nerd culture, whether it's comics or Dungeons and Dragons and right. seeing that like, yeah, like, and now there's so much of a more diverse audience. Like, um, it's like, it's, it's just, it's just been, been great. So, and I'm lucky to be along on the ride. Yeah. It's definitely come around yeah. to just like being, as, being a nerd is just kind of indul- indulging in culture at this point. As, as lifetime comic book fans, we're kind of, uh, we're really happy <laughs> that we're kind of being more accepted into the landscape of society with our uh, cool nerd stuff that people like now. <laughs> what, uh, what are, what are some stuff? I mean, I guess you're still reading. So like, what's some stuff that's inspiring you now or that you, you like? Oh boy. Yeah. I, I it's, it's a good question. Cause I, I still read, I buy more books than I'm reading, 
just because I, us, I us think too. of like there's so many good things. Okay, that that makes me feel better. <laughs> like I feel guilty about this. Like I'm happy to support the creators. At the same time, like I feel guilty of like, oh, you know, like I'm taking too much space up. And but I but anyway. So let me think. So um, the, with the caveat to any of my creator friends who are listening, if I'm leaving you out, I apologize. Oh no. But um, so like the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Michelle Fife's Co- Cobra. Co- Cobra. Oh sorry. yeah. Yeah. Um, which is just amazing, like the fact that he does everything on it. Oh, it's so um, bonkers. You know, and it's just like, I mean, so for anybody who has not listened, like the the very like the simple way to say it is, is oh, it's like this like homage to like Suicide Squad comics of the '80s, but like he makes it its own thing and creates his own universe. And Michelle writes, you know, draws, inks, colors, letters it. I mean. And until now was self-publishing, like literally he would, I would get from him like in the mail, the book and now image is publishing it, which is, you know, I know save some time to, to go to the post office oh, I'm sure. um, and get some in the hand of more readers. Um, uh, I love Kieran Gillen's die, D- oh, yeah. you know, DIE, the, like I love role-playing games. And so, uh, and, and it's just, I think it's one of the best things he's done. And I love Stephanie Hahn's art in that mm-hmm. book. Oh, and what else? Oh, and you know, like, so, you know, Hickman's X-Men, um, you know, I guess it's a, maybe it's a cliched answer, but it really, I was so impressed with, man, like I, I've been reading X-Men for so long and I had gotten to a point where like, you know, I really cut down on it. There were too many books with too many titles. I didn't know if anything original could be done. And boy, was I like, I was like, wow, nope. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, because that's, you know, having worked in, it, it, it's so hard to like, you know, Although my preference is creator on comics, like I recognize how hard it is to write for the big two. Like you're satisfying so many masters of like, right. you know, not just your editor, but like a group editor and other people's characters and the fans. And like you're trying to tell a unique story, but within the confine, you know, but but there's some confines there. And, you know, not every creator can do it. it, it like it, just yeah. writing it just suddenly gave me a respect for like all, all these times I would think like, oh, this person is a hack. I was like, well, you know what? Like, <laughs> like it's a lot easier to say that from the outside. Like, like, Oh, now I realize how, how hard it is to do. So anyway, yeah, I was been just really impressed by that. I'm sure that I am leaving, leaving stuff out. Well, you name you name some of our favorite books. So it sounds like yeah. we have, we've ruined probably <laughs> about three episodes screaming over house of X and powers of X, just all the theories and whatnot when it was going on. So we're right there with you. Um, so you've written in a lot of different mediums and you, you're, you're a DM, so that takes writing as well. This is definitely like your passion. Do you, do you have a place where you feel most at home writing? Is it, is it like straight comics and you, the other stuff just kind of, if it happens, it happens great. Or do you have a preference? I think it depends. I mean, I've enjoyed doing all of it. I think there's, I would say, you know, the only thing that holds me back from saying comics, like unequivocally is just like, you know, it, it, out of all the other mediums that you've mentioned, it, it, it pays the least. And, you know, like just realistically, you know, like it's it's like that's part of why I do other things like teach or do the futurist stuff. Although I enjoy those things very much as well. Like, you know, I wrote a pilot in the past year and I've, I've gotten to write for TV. I would love to do that. I like watch a ton of TV at the same time. Like it's hard to imagine even if I was like running a television show that I wouldn't find some place in my life for comics. It's gotten, if there was a nostalgia aspect to it, I think that's probably worn off. I mean, not that I don't enjoy, again, like reading X-Men and something or that I wouldn't enjoy writing for it, but it's just, I don't know, you know, the, the flip side of there not being as much money is like, you, like in creator own comics, I've been given so much freedom and I'm so appreciative of it. At the same time, it's also this great collaborative medium and I always tell people, like, my favorite part of comics, I mean, look, I'm so excited to have an issue out in, in you know, a week from, from when this is being recorded, but my favorite part of the process is seeing the art come back. And I've been so fortunate to work with such great artists. Like, it is a solitary profession. Like, I, I work from home, which in L.A. is great. You don't have traffic, which is, <laughs> you know, is, is as bad as they say. But, um, but, like, I just seeing, I will tell you, almost without exception when i get art back it's not only as good as i imagined it's almost always better 
and then you know, and then I can t- then like take when I get designs or when I get pages, like oh, then I can try to write more towards that artist. Um, but I love it. You know, and there's just, I mean, there there are great things about working in all the mediums. But I am, you know, and and of course, like anybody else, like I I've I've had stuff optioned. I I would love for more stuff to be optioned. Again, I'd love to work in TV to to do more work in TV. But like, I am aware of how great it is. I mean, the other parts of it are just like, I don't know. Comic fans are are just special. Like, you know, I feel like we, you know, we're like, we're talking, we, we can, we can talk about our excitement for it in ways that you just, I don't know, you don't see. And, you know, again, going to like going to conventions or signings, like you get to interact with, you know, fans and other readers and other creators, like it, the, the smallness of the industry is something else that, you know, I mean, some, there can be negative to that too. If like, you don't, you don't like somebody or somebody doesn't like you or, you know, whatever else, but mostly like, everybody, almost everybody that I've met has been really great. And I'm like, it's just fun to spend time with them. So, so yeah, I, I do, I guess, as I talk it out, I feel like, yeah, comics is something that is, is really special to me. I have an interest. I, I mean, you kind of talked about it, but it seems like a lot of comic book creators are unabashedly fans and fans of lots of things. Um, and I kn- I saw that you contributed to uh, the comic book Tattoo Tales, the, the Tori Amos book. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I have to assume you're a fan of Tori Amos. Like, what other music fan? Like, what what is your fandom? What do you stand about? So I have to say, like, music is one of the areas where I feel like, as I've gotten older, I've kind of maybe lost touch. So like, so many of my 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 musical music fandom is like. Beatles or, you know, so classic rock stuff or like 90s hip hop, like Beastie Boys. And so I feel like I haven't or, or Tribe Called Quest. So like, I feel like I haven't caught up. Whereas, let's say TV, I'm, um, I feel like I love that we're living in this era of quote unquote peak TV. And like, you know, I could talk forever about like, I like the Watchmen adaptation, although there's issues that about Alan Moore about that's a whole other thing. But just like, I mean, just, man, I watched so much amazing stuff last year. Like, Mindhunter, there's a show called Patriot that I'd highly recommend. Like, if you like spy stuff, it's on Amazon Prime. There's two seasons of it, unfortunately, only two, but it's an amazing show. So, like, I'm also, you know, I th- discussing, like, yeah, I'm a dungeon master. Like, I love this, what, like, indie role-playing games. Like, I'm, that's what I'm super fascinated about. Actually, one of the fun things was, like, with Jeremy, uh, sorry, with... Um, uh, sorry, with Kieran Gillen's die is like he created this role playing game for it. That's uh, I got to like I proofread it, you know, like as oh, as wow. just as a friend. But then like I got to play in a session that he ran after New York Comic Con with Whoa. some other creators and comic adjacent people, and it was he's so like he's as a ma- like a lovely a person as you'd imagine he would be, and a great a game master in this sense. I don't want to. It's hard to talk about the game without spoiling the comic, but check out the comic and if you like it, and you can find the game. I don't, I forget how available it is, but I think it's out there and it's just a really unique take on it. So yeah. And then, you know, like, man, I love Lego. Like I love, like, Oh, nice. I, you know, I still like, I'm looking at all this Lego star Wars stuff in my, in my apartment. Um, and thinking like, uh, how much do I have to hide to get a girlfriend again? Like, you know, <laughs> so, um, but you know, like I, I, there's so many things like, and just, you know, just like reading in general, like, I mean, and I'd say like, I am interested in the geeky stuff about like, you know, the military or espionage and things like that. And like just reading, you know, whether it's historical stuff or future stuff or, or present day stuff, like I just, I love reading about that stuff. So like the good part about doing the re- the fun, it's like my research to me is mostly fun. The, the only bad part about it is it's just is like, it takes up so much of my time. And I think that's why like my com- part of why my comic reader sh- reading is, is not as much as that maybe used to be. So, um, you're, you're a professor at SVA or you're, are you currently teaching there? Is that right? I'm teaching there. Yeah. I guess I'm like, people call me professor. I don't actually know that that's my job title. I'm I say yes, I teach two, two classes there with another creator actually, so I teach, it's called, it's a program called the Master in Fine Arts and Visual Narrative, which is, um, it basically deals with anything that has, is visual and has a story. So it can be, my students do like comics, they can do picture books, they can do, 
like live action video. They can do um, uh, animation. They can do interactive stuff. It's I really like that it's broad and that people can like go between mediums because that's something I've done in my career. Um, so I teach a fall writing class, and then while, while parallel to me, an artist named Jim Rugg, who you might know from Street Angel, um, oh, yeah. is an indie. Uh, not just an artist. He's a writer, artist. He's a cartoonist. He's and he does that comics. He's half of comics kayfabe on YouTube yeah. with um, with Ed Pisker. So uh, Jim teaches a parallel art course, and in the spring, which is now, we combine and we do this class called Digital Short Story, where grad students both write and draw or film or animate their their stories. And it's it is yeah, it's really I like that's also inspiring. Like it's a lot of work and anything that fights for my writing sometimes gets a little bit of resentment from, from that part of my brain, but I'm also just tremendously inspired. Like the SVA is great about like getting, um, you know, getting a really diverse student body, um, a lot of international students. So in fact, I, I can't announce the project yet, but I have a, there's an artist that I'm, that was a former student of mine named Fei Fei Ruan, um, who's from China. Um, and I'm going to be doing a project with her. Like I waited until she graduated cause I didn't want it to feel like, oh, there was some sort of pressure to work while like I'm a professor, but like yeah. she's just great. So we're going to be doing a project. I can just say that it has to do with like, it's like a historical fiction in Shanghai. It's, it's a massive undertaking, but like, but, but besides that, it's just like, it gets me excited to see like. I, I want to say young, but like sometimes the students are, are older than me. I mean, most of them are younger, but like just all these new voices and, you know, it's the thing I can't teach. Like I can teach them like story structure or like, you know, here's some techniques to like maybe write better dialogue or, you know, or this or that, but like I can't teach them like their own voices. And I love, just like I love discovering new comics. It's like, that's the fun part of my job is like seeing what they come up with and then trying to do that balance of like, giving imparting whatever wisdom I can and trying to help them but at the same time getting out of their way so that like I don't want to tell them like what I what my like I don't want them to tell my story I want them to tell the best version of their story so yeah it's 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 pretty cool well Mark I had a hunch that you were a good person you've convinced me that you were a good person <laughs> you're also a talented person um it has been great talking to you uh your Love book your, your book comes out in a week um what is, what's that Wednesday like for you? Are you doing a signing? You're just going to go into the shop incognito? Uh, I, I mean, I, so not doing this. I'm going to do a signing. So I want to say it's Saturday, February 21st. If people are listening to this from L.A. at Golden Apple in L.A., which is a great store. Yeah. Um, it's my local comic store. I'm not so that I'll be doing it that Saturday, not that Wednesday. It just mm -hmm. seems to work better for everybody. Um, I will be there that Wednesday. Absolutely. Um, I'll be incognito. I mean, I won't be wearing a name tag, but like it's the kind of local friendly comic shop that like all the people that work there know me, um, you know, other creators come in there sometimes. So I won't be, if anybody sees me and recognizes me somehow, like, please say hi, like I'm not hiding, <laughs> but I'm also, I don't want to be like, you know, like, you know, attention, get a megaphone and attention everyone and point to it. But it is like, look, it's something that man, like I still can't get over. Like if I walk into like a bookstore or a comic store, especially if it's in some place other than, you know, where I live and I see one of my books, it's, I still flip out. Like it's still, it still feels really, it's surreal to me. And, and I'm still like, again, just feel so lucky. This, this business is so hard that like, Oh, people still want to print my stuff and buy my stuff and read it. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that'll be, so I'll be just doing that and then probably, checking social media against my better judgment <laughs> cool well we're super pumped it, it is a great book and we highly recommend yeah, it yeah we read we do this show every week we've been doing it for three years every week and this book has probably been one of the most surprising and intriguing books that we've read in a very long time the 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 hook ending for this was so so good and it has me you know ready wow. to read the rest of this series and and i i had seen um the for in some preview on on my like feed it showed the cover to to issue two, and I just when I was reading this book I was just like how the fuck do we get to that, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's great I mean it's it yeah 
You, yeah. you, you've written a, a really good piece here. Because it's, it's so much more than just, like, this military monster hunting story. You have this, like, secondary story going on about, you know, faith and, and doubt of faith and, you know, doubt of maybe I should have a faith now <laughs> from these demons showing up. So, I mean, just really, really complex and, like, interesting stuff. And, I mean, really excited to read it and to have you on to talk about it. Thank you so much for having me. It, it, it means a lot. There's there, you know, the, 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 the sad, not the sad part, but like the, the bad part of like there being so many good books out is it's like, it's very hard to cut through it. And, and so I really appreciate you giving me and, and other creators a, a platform. I should just want to also shout out Jeremy Han, who I know has been a guest of yours and who does do the covers for, um, he and Nick Flaherty do the covers for God Killers and they're great. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you, that that second cover grabbed you. Please, please plug everything you got right now. What, where can people find you? Do you have any upcoming upcoming projects you want to plug? I mean, just now is your time to do that. Oh yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, so um, well, so okay. If you want to find me, I'm at Mark Sable, both on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and that's M A R K S A B L E. Um, and please hit me up, hit me up, especially on Twitter. I'm I'm you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to respond unless it's super, unless it's super yeah. personally mean. And even then I'll probably still try, try to, <laughs> you know, so normal Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So normal Twitter. Um, in terms of books, so uh, I can't announce anything that I have coming out, but I had a couple books come out in the fall that I feel like did have, have not gotten a ton of press. Um, and that I think if you like God killers, um, people might want to check out one is uh, we mentioned was the dark through comiXology originals, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is, you know, this near future sci-fi about, you know, what happens after, after the, uh, the internet and the grid goes out and biotech takes over. And then a book, which I did a Kickstarter for, but is also on comiXology originals called Dracula, son of the dragon, which is basically how did Vlad the impaler, the historical Vlad the impaler become the Dracula known as, the vampire known as Dracula. Both are on Comixology Originals, and what's great is if you have, if you've got Amazon Prime or Kindle Unlimited, they're free, um, oh, nice. I believe. But if not, they're 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 very inexpensive. They're both like graphic novel length, and they're you know, if you like reading comics digitally, eventually, hopefully, there'll be print stuff. But for now, like they're they're good, and and I'm super proud of my work on both. And you know, they both involve either military or horror or both. So. Hopefully there, there's some crossover there. So, uh, yep, we, we just had a great interview with Mark Sable and his new book that comes out, uh, or that, I guess, came out it's today. It's coming out this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, God Killers um, on Aftershock, and uh, we'll be talking about it. And we were so lucky to get to talk to Mark. Um, he's done so many things, and, um, and this book in general, I think, is going to have a ton of surpri- surprises. One of the most solid first issues I have read. In um, a long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, go buy all of his books now. Go buy them twice, actually. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Mark, thank you again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. It's genuinely been a pleasure, really. Cool. You guys are awesome. All right. Uh, right. See you guys next week. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Yep, yep. 